so I reiterate here, the bill is dead. The story of this great city is about the years before this night. We are free! Hey everyone, welcome to a new episode of Hoho Hong Kong. Uh, Hong Kong is kind of open right now. I'm sitting here with my favorite person in the world. Um, what, what's your name I, again? I like how you lie every episode. Like every, I'm like, when will he tell the truth? You're like, my favorite person on the world. Yeah. I'm like, you either have no friends or you're like a great liar on the podcast. It is me, Vivek Mabubani. That's right. The comedian that you like, but you can't say his name. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Vivek, how do people find you online? Uh, you can either type in my whole name and then Google will tell you we have no idea who that person is. Or you can type funny Vivek and you will find me. What about you, Mo? Let's stick to funny Vivek. Uh, no one will remember the other noise after the, the your first name. Right. Vivek is good. It's just a short. It's concise. Yeah. To the point. It's like it's not I'm, just one. It's not just like Viv. You know, it's like Vivek. Vivek. It's like a little, little, little like oh, I heard what you said. Yeah. One of my good friends here, Vivian. I confuse you guys all the time. I call you both Viv. Yeah. It's weird. We're pr- pretty people. You know, it's hard to tell apart. <laughs> yeah. What about yeah, you? Both what equally you hairy. It's uh, you know confusing. <laughs> uh, good choice. I am uh, at the other Muhammad on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> nice. You know she listens to every episode. She's gonna kill me. After really? This. Yeah. So that's Vivian, the hairy yes. lady that you know. The, that yeah. is a, a comparative level to my body hair as well. Who also lives on Upper Station Road. Let's just you know, you just tell people. What Vivian, she if you what? think this is bad, <laughs> if you're a Patreon subscriber, you'll be shocked at the things he says about you. So I highly recommend you join us on Patreon. And be like, what? She also, also, she's poor. I'm just gonna throw her right under the bus. She cannot afford <laughs> Patreon. <laughs> Well, that's why her parents let, named her with the letter V, because like by that time the school doesn't even notice them when they're doing the roll call. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> man, we we did our first show, so we're recording on twenty fourth of uh, February, uh, Sunday, and this is All so right. Hong Kong. Let's take a moment now. Yes. Clearly, Mo went out last night, and he's like today the twenty fourth of February. So that's okay. <laughs> let's let's leave it at that. Like, oh, Mo, shit. I understand you performed and you're like over the moon right now. But come back to yeah. Planet Earth where today's date is 24th of April. <laughs> Dude, you know what's <laughs> funny? I'm looking at the date. I'm looking at 4 slash 24 on my computer <laughs> and I still read it wrong. <laughs> oh, man. I'm, I'm glad you didn't read wrong the 20th of April, which would have been 420. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, not again. The, yeah. only, the only bad review... Uh, Jorge, we'll get to our uh, guest in a second, but the only bad review we ever had, Jorge, was because Vivek made a joke about 420, and then some lady wrote a gigantic review on, on iTunes saying how offensive it is that we assume that everyone knows the 420 reference, and that, like, her stoner husband used to know that, and it was like it was basically just like the guy hurt her, and she needed. Yeah, <laughs> she, she needed it was it was bizarre because she was like, else. "How dare you? How dare you assume people are smart? Not everyone knows <laughs> stuff. Assume they're idiots." <laughs> so anyway, uh, we 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 did our first show. So people are following the, the comedy scene here. We did one show this year, which is the first of January, and then last night, twenty third of. April, we did the, our yeah. first show back in Sai Kung, and it it went really well. Um, uh, shout out to uh, Garen Chu who ran the show, the Comedy HK gang. Uh, I was there with uh, Bob Boptani, James Downs, Tim Toe, Ask James, and Kari Gunnarsson. And 
super fun show. I think I might have mentioned here in the podcast that like a year ago, I did the very first Saikong show and some lady attacked me. So oh, literally yeah, yeah, right, yeah, yeah. Remember, right yeah. off the bat, like I hadn't even said yeah. anything. And it's funny because a couple, she was not there, but a couple of people who were at this show came last night just to see me perform because they're like, you, were, you didn't really perform last time. Yeah. Um, ah, okay, okay. Well, I mean, I'm not surprised she didn't come back. I highly doubt she was a returning customer I, after last year. I was kind of hoping she does just for the story. But at the same time, yeah. I wanted to do my set. So I'm like, I'm glad she didn't come back. But it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Saikong is uh, it's a funny little village because it seems like everyone knows everyone. Yeah. It's good and yeah, bad, like, man. Like, yeah. I don't like to know everybody in my building. I'm like, you know, let's keep the mystery going on. It's Although, also way too wide. That, number one, yeah, that as well. But like, the, see, okay, before we get our guests, because I feel like we're already almost five minutes into the podcast, our guests just sitting there going like, so uh, I'm here for <laughs> No, actually, he, he doesn't know yet that we just want another listener. Yeah, exactly. That's actually <laughs> he will never talk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're basically letting him feel at home. We're censoring him straight up. Also, he thinks he's a guest. Everyone who listens <laughs> to the podcast is also a quote-unquote a guest. They're all on video now. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. So, so like I was saying, like the, the re- only reason why I don't like to know everyone in my building is that you get that awkward moment when you get in the lift, and then they get in the lift, and you're like, oh, what floor are they? Oh man, this is weird. I know uh, who yeah. they are, but I, you know, it's just awkward. Well, like, oh, which which floor? Well, if you're your building, it's a little different because you live like you are one apartment per floor, right? Yeah. So yeah. it would be really so awkward worse. if someone gets in your lift and then clicks on your floor. You're like, wait, you're going yeah. to my house? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, what? You can't? You... And that's then you're like, oh, I know you? Crap. Yeah. Yeah, so that, that those are awkward moments. So that hence the reason why I highly recommend everybody live in like a desert where there's no other people. You won't have these awkward moments. Hey, man, desert people are cool. Don't be racist. <laughs> sure, man. Enjoy your sand. um okay so let's get to our guest uh today we're doing something a little different because i don't know if you have been living under a rock for the last couple of months but uh shanghai is not doing great so uh shanghai doing shang low oh no okay mute mute vivek please all right that's it (laughs) i'm sorry i'll stop Uh, (laughs) we uh as you a lot of listeners know Shanghai has been my home for from 2013 to 2019 and I've had a lot of friends there I started doing stand-up there and for the last maybe couple of months our guests will get us the correct information but they have been in severe lockdown and uh, most people are not allowed to leave their homes and all of that so we're catching up with one of our good friends in Shanghai Jorge Castellanos how are you doing buddy hey how's it going fellas uh I'm also on that same terrible last name thing. So, Vivek, I get you, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> By the way, I listened to you on another podcast, Turner's Podcast. And Turner, who knows you very well, said your name with two L's the first he time. He screwed and it I up almost, so bad. <laughs> and I almost threw up in my... I'm like, how dare you? Say Castellanos. Like <laughs> yeah, like- I, I can only, I can only uh, like, get it back to, like, his California roots. He's just, like, his white is really shining. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when he just well, says a the double States, L. So. As, yeah. Yeah, all, all, all the Asian traits he's picked up and everything have just, like, slowly faded away. They're like, <laughs> exactly. get that out of my country. No, that's Australia. I was like, get out of my country. I'm like, wait, that's the other white. Funny enough, he was in Australia when he was talking to Jorge. So, maybe oh, that's yeah, you're right. right. <laughs> <laughs> maybe that Andy bit him. 
<laughs> oh god so Jorge right now Shanghai like I mean I only read the headlines I don't even read the article and it's always like oh lockdown people can't go out dogs are locked at home pissing all over the place what's actually happening like you I'm looking at you right now you're still smiling so clearly it's worse than the newspapers <laughs> uh, no things are great I don't know if, if you're reading Chinese media things are going very well um, everything's fine uh, now it's been <laughs> Man, it's been what is it? What's today's date? The twenty fourth. We've been on lockdown. Twenty fourth of February. Twenty fourth of February. We've been on lockdown for twenty four days now, and uh, things aren't great. No, uh, I, we're luckily doing okay at my house, but man, there's some really miserable stuff going on around us, and uh, people are bummed out. I know it's a comedy podcast, but like, yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, it's but this is a- twenty four days, man. Like, okay, so here in Hong Kong, when we travel. Before, what they had is that you had the 21-day hotel quarantine, which obviously, you know, can't compare with home quarantine. But like t- people were losing their minds. They were like looking at the same wall thinking like, oh, my God, I need something different in my life. At, at what point did you feel like, you know, it's 24 days now. Was there a moment when you were like, okay, I think I think we're, this is this is ridiculous now. Like, I'm sure the first few days you're like, ah, home is all right, whatever. By the certain day, you're just like, God, this has got to stop. I think it might be a little reversed because the first few days – because uh, for people who don't know, what happened was they locked down one side of the river first, and they gave them a few hours' notice for that. Our side of the river, Pushi, has uh, had like five days' notice, so we had time to prepare food wow. and stuff like that to kind of get Is ready. Is the other but side the other like side, the poorer side or something? No, it's just no, like that's a, Pudong. It's actually Pudong. the richer side oh, yeah. in a way. Pudong wow, is like the harsh, the newer part. The one yeah. that's the side with all the fancy buildings that you see. On the pictures of Shanghai and stuff, our side is. But the also, old side Vivek, just so you know, like Pudong, if you compare it to like Hong Kong, people who live in Pudong for us is kind of like people who live in Discovery Bay. Like we're like those people are idiots, uh, you know. Uh, like we don't. That's why everyone who lives in Pudong, you're like, eh, why would you live there? You know. Uh, yeah, it's not. So it's like, yeah, it's it's true, great, it, it's it's like got, families. Exactly. Uh, okay. Okay. So they suddenly, all of a sudden, just said, you know, lockdown. Uh, what, what's what's yeah, what's, the, like China, what's the Mandarin word for lockdown? Uh, you know what? I don't know. <laughs> you think would... you can, uh, can just lock, look across the room and ask his Chinese wife. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What are they? What, what's that thing over there? Uh, uh, Joe Schaefer, a comedian who started uh, with us in, in Shanghai, had this brilliant joke uh, when he talks about like, you know, he points at someone. There's always a Westerner dating a Chinese girl and he goes, oh, I, you know the deal. The best thing about dating a Chinese girl. Oh, yeah. It's access to Taobao. <laughs> exactly. So <good. laughs> oh, uh, I want to start from like some somewhere a little different. Uh, I want to start with the last thing that happened that I know of from Shanghai, which is that video which happened two yeah. days ago. Because I am obviously on WeChat, uh, given all my time in Shanghai, and I have actually I checked. I didn't. I never looked at the number of how many contacts I have on WeChat. I have over two thousand nine hundred people, which is I think a lot of people. But anyway, I look. I looked at my moments, which for people who are not familiar Weird with WeChat, flex. yeah. <laughs> well, I didn't know that. Like I know a I, lot of people you know, in Shanghai. <laughs> well, it's mostly like you know, random people who just add you, right? Sure. Yeah. Um, but um, for people who are not familiar with WeChat, there's something called WeChat moments, which is kind of like the timeline on Western social media. Uh, and then suddenly people started saying like, "Oh, look at this video or whatever," and I go on my moments and almost. 2,000 of the 2,100 people are posting the same video, which is insane. But also, I can't play the video. So, Jorge, can you explain to me what's what's happening there? 
So yeah, there was a video that came out two days ago that's called like the Voices of April or something like that in English, mm-hmm. um, and it's drone footage of the city, and it's uh, just a bunch of people, uh, or it's just a bunch of audio recordings of things we've all heard throughout the month of just like you know people begging for food, people struggling, people trying to get into hospitals, but like being denied and stuff like some some pretty intense audio, uh, and someone just put it all together over this like eerie drone footage of the empty city and something mm-hmm. about uh gave me goosebumps just thinking about it mm-hmm. something about uh hearing them all together just mm-hmm. kind of made people realize like shit this is like intense like we're going through something really tough and everyone started sharing it um and it, it how, was long, how long to, is the video it's about like five minutes long it's it's uh ironically not even the worst of uh what's been going on there's been a lot worse it's just Actually, a bunch of, like, it, it has calls. been it has been put on YouTube with English subtitles. I'm gonna put it in the in the link description of this episode, so people can just click right on it. And I've I've seen it with English subtitles as well, so it's gonna be yeah. in the description of this episode. It's a it's intense and it's it's terrible. I I think the the one thing that uh, it was very cool to see, and I think a lot of even Chinese people thought. Uh, I I was looking on Weibo and stuff uh, with my wife. Um, she was, uh, <laughs> she, she was, like, was translating it for that. Me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but she was explaining to me like just how, uh, everyone felt so united for the first time, I think ever that everyone was like together on something and just, uh, sharing this thing. And the purpose was they were sharing it so much and uploading and re-uploading because it kept on getting deleted. So everyone kept yeah. on, uh, they worked all night to kind of get it back up. Um, mm. I guess the sad part of it is that it's kind of uh, gone and people have moved on from it, which I, I was talking to a few people that lived in Wuhan during the first lockdown. And, uh, mm. you know, they had a similar thing where everyone kind of worked together. But as soon as they were released, everyone uh, immediately went back to the toe in the line and just being like, uh, I think this was actually the U.S.'s fault. And so you're like, ah, I hope oh, uh, right. <laughs> I hope people don't uh, fall back on that. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Okay. So luckily, uh, Mo, you said it's still on YouTube, right? The video. It's still on YouTube. Yeah. You can find okay, it on Twitter yeah. and so stuff definitely, too. All right. Definitely check that out. I'm just gonna. I'll check it out a little bit later after we do this recording. But yeah. Oh my goodness. So okay. So isn't that the thing though? Is that what you find in China? Is that you got people complaining, and then like within 24 to 48 hours, people are like, "All right. Well, life is good. You know, let's go back to things that they were, and we're all happy with everything." Like, doesn't that feel odd though? Because I'm sure. With the lockdown, because I'm just trying to imagine the level of lockdown where you can't even leave your building compartment. And it's just like, whoa, hold on a second. You know, like, I, that'll drive me nuts. How Do you have friends who are basically at a point of just, you know, breaking down? Uh, Probably. But, like, you know, people probably don't share that as much. We're just trying to help each other out as much as possible. Everyone's kind of created this barter economy to kind of survive. And there's ways to pay off uh, certain drivers to get things delivered to you and all that. So people with means can get things to help people out but the problem is you know there's a lot of elderly people don't really know how to use social media or WeChat to to get contacts and there's you know people with no money that can't afford the this i mean a watermelon or something what i read the uh, a buddy of mine ordered uh three watermelons and it was like 500 rmb what is, you know, yeah you know that's a lot of money it's almost like what 90 bucks uh, I don't know what that is in Hong Kong dollars, but I mean, that's also like, you that's don't like six hundred Hong Kong. 
yeah and yeah, also uh, how important is watermelon when you're in lockdown that you spend 500 yeah when you just when you are just like breaking down you just want whatever comfort you can get you know okay, like we've that's, been that's sending, actually fair we've I been mean, sending like if cookies comfort, and stuff yeah i'm just thinking like if your comfort food is watermelon you you don't have a bad life if that's really <laughs> satisfying, I'm like, dude, you should be at a level where you're breaking down. You're like, I need a cookie or I need like, you know, greasy stuff. This is like healthy. So I think actually, little, yeah, I, I, I kind of made a, I kind of made a list here of things because I've been made a point for the last like couple of weeks since things started dragging on in Shanghai to check in on everyone that I know that I actually care yeah. about. So if you're in Shanghai and I didn't call you, I don't care about you. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh man <laughs> straight up oh damn okay uh, wow but anyway <laughs> i collect i gathered actually a bunch of information so first of all you live next to Jing'an temple correct i i live next to a jade buddha temple oh okay all right i remember Which is you pretty living... close to Jing'an temple yeah, yeah yeah because you overlooked the Jing'an temple like you can see no, it from I, your house I, or whatever I could see Jade Buddha Temple. They look similar. Um, oh, they do look similar. But, you know, yeah, yeah. you see a bunch of Buddhist temple. After a while, you're like, all right, <laughs> I get it. <laughs> but anyway, that, what, what was what, like, I, I saw something really interesting is that like, I have two friends who live on the two sides of Huai Hai Zhonglu. So one lives behind IAPM Mall and the other one lives close to Yongkanglu. And the one on Yongkanglu yeah. is allowed to walk out around on the street. And the one behind the IAPM is entering her day 50 in lockdown. And that's like the one of the, the more strict lockdown, which is like not leave the building. And actually, she messaged me last night having a breakdown saying that they're welding her gate. This is literally yeah. just last night. So her lockdown is getting tougher. And the guy who lives three blocks away from her is allowed to leave, leave his compound. They're both foreigners. Can you explain how this whole thing works? So there's there's multiple levels to the so uh, initially it was all the same everyone was just locked in uh, or oh, I say locked in there's no actual locks put on yet um, you just couldn't leave your apartment for a certain amount of time what they've tried to do is try to tier it where if you don't have cases around you you can technically leave your compound if you have uh, suspected cases or something like that. Uh, you have to stay within your compound. If you have cases, you can't leave your apartment. The problem is there's so many cases that almost everyone is on uh, the 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 most dangerous tier. My apartment, for example, for uh, the last couple of days, we were allowed to walk around the inside of our apartment complex. Um, but as of yesterday, someone tested positive. So now we can't leave our apartments again. Oh man, uh, do you know who that person I, is who tested positive? Yeah, like, it was an, like it was an old gonna... guy. Oh man, I can see shame coming through soon. You know, now it's it's <laughs> gotten di- uh, it, it's it goes through like uh, different buildings have different uh, levels of of compassion, but you know, I think most of the people in our building were were you know sad for him because he's going to be sent to this camp to live two weeks of misery. So I think most oh, people man. are like. Yeah, we'll we're, we're going to be camps. locked down anyways. Like, we're going to be we'll locked down to... anyways. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so why doesn't he just stay at home? Right. But, uh, yeah. you know, it's... So miserable. does that mean... We'll get to the camps, but does that mean, as far as I understand, that someone testing positive means an automatic 14-day extension for everybody in the compound? Is that correct? Uh, They're doing it, I guess, technically. Again, you know how, how 
rules work here that there's yeah. a rule listed and then mm. there's what you actually do um yeah. <laughs> so it really depends uh building by building uh, compound by compound the the way it's supposed to happen is they've changed it to where it's just the building in question now in mm. actual practice that's not working that way because i have friends who don't have positive tests but they have positive tests in other buildings and they are still on lockdown so mine is physically in my building so we're mm. not allowed to to go outside and that's 14 days from the day he was discovered or what's uh, the what's the yeah period? i think so I, I think it's from the day he tested positive uh right and i don't know what day that was to be honest it doesn't even matter anymore because even if we could go outside uh w what are we doing and we're just going to stand out on the street there's nothing open everything's uh there's really no reason to go outside okay um the other thing that like uh, we we have a pretty active uh we uh facebook what am i saying whatsapp group for the uh <laughs> podcast listeners um and there is a few in shanghai right now and they were saying one of the things that really stood out to me is that there is a lot of power in these community manager people and as far as i understood they're basically just ies like for just like old ladies uh yeah. so every compounder every building has a wechat group but these people and i saw that video from the italian guy who went viral who was supposed to be sent to quarantine and then he came back because they rejected him but also his own compound rejected him and i started asking like who is deciding that because legally you should be going back to your house and they said oh it's the community i'm like who's the community and it's just like some old aunties basically so what's going on there so you probably never noticed it before because you never needed to rely on them. But each compound, you know, it's a, an old relic from back in the day where each mm. compound has someone who's in charge of it to kind of uh, see how things are going, making sure everyone's, you know, and then more nefarious things back in the day. Um, <laughs> and there's there's a, a person who's in charge of your community um, or multiple mm. people. Mine's pretty small. So we just have one lady. And everyone's a yeah. volunteer. It's 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 just her and our our security guards and um, a couple people to live in the building will help out and things like that. But no one's getting paid. Every I mean, as as terrible as this all is, those people have been like relatively helpful. And uh, mm -hmm. in the last couple of weeks, the pe people from different cities have been coming in to help and uh, well to help in quotes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> But there have been people from other cities. There's been police and military uh, that have come in. So everyone's kind of wearing those white hazmat suits. So it's hard to tell. Is that a police officer or is that an old lady? In a, <laughs> or just in someone a... with really good skin whitening solution. <laughs> someone so, who yeah, spent too much money in Korea. You don't know if you're about to get yeah. you know punched or it's an old lady trying to help you. Um. <laughs> Okay, so that's the routine, though. But then how often do you get the testing, though? Is it every day you go down and do a test? We, it, uh, uh, this is also something that's uh, dependent on your building. We get tested uh, with the self-tests every day. And we haven't done uh, the group testing in a while because that's one of the thoughts that, because cases have been going pretty steady and haven't they've dropped a little bit recently, but not that much. So people are thinking that the only way we could be getting COVID is through that community testing, or through mm -hmm. uh, which is more likely the yeah. the packages. Otherwise, that are being delivered. how is everyone getting it? 
yeah the, the there's there's information out there that like um because there's these special like passes you need to be able to go in and out to drive and people are kind of sharing them and there's it's most likely oh, those people China. have <laughs> so people people have covid and then they're going to deliver you stuff and then your stuff has covid so people, well, I mean, people who have covid is coming dude. to deliver you covid <laughs> well sharing is caring buddy like exactly (laughs) so okay were you ever able to like come downstairs and pick up something from the delivery person like like hand to hand or does he have to leave it somewhere and you pick it up so uh we again we can uh because we uh are lucky enough to have friends and connections and and money uh Mm. it's it's easier to get things personally delivered. It's still hard. Like uh, we have to like, you have to, everyone's got the 50 WeChat food group. So you're like, Oh, this guy does bread and this guy does chocolate and this guy does uh, milk and this guy does cheese or whatever. So you have all these contacts and you're trying to get uh, him to go to a store to pick you up something. Um, So he can't bring it to us. He could leave it at a table at the gate. Then our security Mm -hmm. guards will, uh, spray it down and then they'll deliver <laughs> they'll bring it to us now I, i've got a uh, i've got a free economics question like so what's the highest demanded food item that seems to be always scarce what's the thing that you seem to have the hardest time to get Ooh, uh that's a good question the i haven't really been um searching for anything i'll tell you what the easiest thing to get is booze yeah <laughs> Boo- <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> alcohol is really easy to get um i mean you can that, get that that's in like not 30 so minutes. surprising yeah uh, I mean, like, what you're probably, telling me right like, now is going on. Now, what uh, I would say the the hardest thing, at least for me to get, has been um, like decent bread, but it's starting to become a little easier. Um, and it really just depends: do you have a, a connection to a guy or a girl who has these things? So, certain people have had like cheesecakes delivered and all that stuff. So, there's Whoa. ways to get whatever. It's just again, I mean. Imagine if you're making seven thousand RMB a month, and then someone's charging, you know, six hundred RMB for a cheesecake. Right, you know, you're you're not going to get one. So let Damn. let me ask this. It seems to me that the best case scenario for anyone in Shanghai right now is to own a store because not just that you'll be outside, you're making a ton of money. Is that correct? That or be someone who works in the. Uh, food distribution channels because there's been lots of stories yeah. of of them taking the food and then yeah. selling it to grocery stores and kind of being a nice. middleman and nice. so there's been nice, a lot nice. of like real really bum <laughs> so uh, right now yeah sorry right right now this sounds like everyone's got their own dealers it's like literally everyone's trying to like you know like that goes bread dude i got some sliced new newly sliced bread you know it's yeah. fresh cut that uh, pretty much that plus like there's all these uh there's these community buys so like uh if you look on online there'll be a restaurant that'll be like we'll deliver you burgers or whatever but you have to order four thousand rmb worth of burgers (laughs) right right Uh, so you order four thousand rmb worth of burgers and you hope that uh you know your community says i'll take one i'll take one i'll take one and then everyone splits it um yeah but you can't just like order a burger um, yeah, because I like the people on the WhatsApp group are saying that they ended up like getting stuck with like ridiculous amount of some some product or another. <laughs> One person yeah. in the WhatsApp group was saying that she has twenty kilograms of oranges now, 
<laughs> looking for like ways to just like what, what are you do a I do pirate or the hell man <laughs> like 20 kilos like getting of getting scurvy on this trip <laughs> yeah exactly vitamin uh, c but, overdose is like just gums are too good now but do you know jorge do you know how the law works when it comes to like having a store like who is allowed to open their store so those let's say you and i are partners in a coffee shop are we allowed to just go to our work every day and deliver or how does it work no um basically no <laughs> um okay. there's there are people who are i don't know man because there's these like passes you can get um to be able to go outside and it's usually um it's some special police license to be able to be on the streets most of them are right. like uh like delivery drivers on their scooters and stuff, but certain people have. I, I'm assuming what it is, uh, because again, it's hard to even tell because you can't go see what people are doing. Um, a lot of people are just because these drivers and stuff, because they're outside, can't really go back to their apartments. So there's been yeah. video footage of like delivery drivers or these people that work in these bars or whatever are sleeping on the streets because they can't go home. Damn. Uh, their community won't let them in because they probably have COVID. Um, right. So there's, I, we can't see it because we can't go outside. But there, are people who have been able to go outside have gotten some footage of like just a bunch of people sleeping in in like sleeping bags on the street because uh, they're just they need to make money and they can't go anywhere. Someone needs so, to, someone right. needs to deliver a a room to the delivery person. There are people like <laughs> sleeping in tents and stuff. It's crazy, dude. Like. And oh, they've wow. they just they they've opened up a there was a video that went around yesterday of I guess they ran out of places to put people with COVID so they they've set up like a tent community out on a street. Um, oh look, just, Shanghai is becoming so progressive; it's becoming like San Francisco. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man, I no bet heroin, you all the kids though. over here. In, yeah, yeah, world, yeah not that boring. not that you know of. The delivery guy just didn't contact you. Do you oh, I think the guys guy, yeah. who are sleeping in those tents are doing like glamping uh, videos? I would imagine no. <laughs> <laughs> like TikTok yeah, style. Like, yeah, you have a whole bunch of TikTok accounts. But like, deliver this bread to this guy. But this fool doesn't realize I took one slice away. 12 slices became 11. <laughs> <laughs> it's got to be uh, surreal, okay. though, because they're, they're, they're able to sleep out on the street and not like be bothered like there's no one to like steal from you or whatever there's right right just yeah like there's nobody you're in control i mean to That's be like fair like shanghai place. like living in shanghai or even hong kong like kind of spoils you in terms of like lowering your guard for, when it comes to security because yeah. you can even in normal days you can't sleep on the street in shanghai and nothing will really happen to you it is wild that is yeah, yeah it's uh, crazy really oh wow i may I, have done I, that yeah, i would have never past. guessed that Wow, uh, yeah, I yeah, never I, ever guessed I, that. Like, no, no, I remember passing at like, you know, seven years in Shanghai. I passed out a couple of times on the street, you know. You just wake up the next day and then you move on. You just go to like a bench in a park and you're like, whatever. But would you say that's specific to, let's say, foreigners and stuff? Like if you were no. more Chinese, do you Sh think? No, no. Yeah? I, I honestly think Shanghai has to be the safest city in the whole world. Like it's great. You could leave your I, phone I at a table. Yeah. And then come back twenty minutes later, and your phone's still at the table. Like it's yeah. well, oh, it's one. Of, it's one of two things. Either number one, it is a safer city, or two, you have a really shitty phone. Everyone's like, oh, I'm <laughs> <touching> that one. 
<laughs> yeah, I can't believe it because like I really feel China should bank on the fact that if Shanghai is so safe, it really would help with the whole campaign of showing people like doing these social experiments of just people lying on the floor and be everyone going like, yeah, you know, that's okay, cool, no problem, we'll walk around them, that's all right. Because like I, that image is definitely not portrayed for a lot of people who when they think of well, especially now with Shanghai, no one's going like, yeah, it's safe because you can't even leave your house, duh. <laughs> I think um, uh, yeah, you're, they don't do a very good job at, at promoting that, but. I think most people that have been here would say, especially women, most women I know will be uh, their gripe with leaving here is then they move elsewhere because uh, you can be safe on a street at 3 a.m. drunk. Um, whereas, you know, in Hong Kong, I love it, but, uh, you know, it's not, uh, I don't know if I'd want to sleep on the streets of some parts of Hong Kong. I mean, uh, that's not, uh, that's actually not entirely true. Like, uh, of course, some parts in Hong Kong, but I would argue that some parts of Shanghai as well. If you go to like Yangpu, you're not going to walk on the street drunk, like with your guard down, right? Yeah, I guess you're right. Um, yeah, but so I wouldn't same go like, to Yangpu. But downtown Hong Kong, yeah, exactly. But downtown Hong Kong, anywhere like Soho or whatever, it's exactly the same like Shanghai. I haven't lived in both places. It's exactly the same. As a female, you walk around drunk at 4 a.m., it's fine. The only important thing is that you always have to have your face mask on. Yeah, <laughs> Because that's otherwise, you get in real trouble. <laughs> yeah, forget the mugging, man. Yeah. You get the fines, dude. Like, oh, my God, I saw really? your full face. Put that back on. Oh, yeah, they're hard on this. Like, if you, if you get caught, let's say, playing basketball and, like, gravity pulled your mask down, bam! Really? You know, Jeez. Forget getting. Yeah, yeah. It's hard, man. Like we've just had recently or the whole time. No, uh, the recently whole time. even more so. The whole time, yeah. yes, but recently even more so. They just enforced it like way more recently. Uh, for some reason, they're just like uh, everyone's enjoying themselves. No, we can't have that anymore. So oh, I wow. think that's what's been going. On. Now I'm I'm really curious about this. Everybody like normally when you go through these sorts of traumatic experiences, you only have like this light at the end of the tunnel experience where you're like, okay, you know what? When everything's open up, I want to do this. I want to do that. You know, I want to cherish my life much more. You know, time is precious. You never know. Have there been like those moments, you know, where you're just like, you know what? You know what? I need to value my time better. You know, when I'm free to walk around, I must visit more countrysides. You know, have you had any of those moments? Uh, <laughs> I wish. I, I prob- probably should have. I think most people... Uh, I don't think people are even thinking. Uh, there's two things. One, I don't think people have any light of the end of the tunnel yet. So there's no like, <laughs> when's this going to, oh, this will be over soon because it won't be. Um, the second part is so many foreigners and Chinese are are leaving or planning to leave that it doesn't seem like, I think most people's light at the end of the tunnel is not being here, which is a bummer because then uh. now the the fear is like when it opens up again, I've already had friends that just took off. So you're like, oh, man, this yeah. sucks. Like, once it's over, I'm not going to see my friends. <laughs> and like, right. But do you Actually, know where everyone's gonna... like, Even in Hong Kong as well. Yeah. Like, do you know where most people are heading, but just be, head back home? Or is like everyone's going to the typical route of Singapore? I, I, the people I know have moved home, but uh, there are, there were some, um, that Shanghai did a, um, a poll. Of like people leaving, some like eighty percent of people are like considering it, um, mm. and a lot of it is like going to Southeast Asia and things like that. Probably trying to keep this. I imagine Thailand and uh, Vietnam are about to get a lot more teachers, mm. <laughs> so there, it's <laughs> probably more of that. Actually, yeah, that was gonna be the next on my list. Uh, we still gotta talk about the the quarantine camps a bit, but before that, 
on the topic of people leaving. So the avenues for people leaving is quite complicated as well, in the sense that if you, Jorge, want to book a flight home for next week, it's not exactly that straightforward, right? Like you, you might probably won't make it to your flight. So the the cases I've heard of people, you can get to your flight, but again, um, this has been one of those things where I saw a Chinese person online the other day say they're more so than ever they've been made aware of the gap between the poor and the rich um, yeah. because if you want to go to the airport, you can. You're just going to end up spending almost the same amount as the flight to get to the airport. Oh, my it's God. It's like two, 3,000 RMB to like get to the Oof. airport. So um, did he what, fly with a helicopter to the airport? <laughs> no, it's just some guy in a car. Um, just because it's hard to get over there and people uh, people are charging a ton to get there. So, But okay, if you wanna... not to get overly political here, but what you're saying is that for this amount of money, you can, be, to, for lack of better words, you bribe your way to the airport. I don't know if it's bribe uh, as much as uh, these people aren't willing to do it unless they can get paid. You know, I think it's more uh, a capitalism thing where people are like, well, I can make a ton of money because I'm one of the few people mm. that can do this. Um, mm. So I think they're just like capitalizing on the, the fact that they can make a ton of money. There are drivers and stuff like that. I'm sure there's ways to get it cheaper. But like mm. the people I've talked to, it's been thousands of R&B to get a van and get your luggage in and send you. The problem is once you get to the airport, uh, you can't come back pretty much your community won't let you in so if your flight's canceled you're screwed and you're staying at the airport and the airport has no food nothing's open so you have to bring your own food which Uh, goes back to that screwed up idea of putting so much power in the community manager's hands Uh, because let's say you go to the airport your flight gets canceled for you know reasons out of your control and you're just homeless now but I think I think a lot of it's also people in the compounds, which I get it, like uh, t- you know, trying to take care of you and your yours. But people don't want you to come back because they're like, if you come back and you have COVID, you're you're screwing me into having 14 more days at home because of your decision. Right. Um, yeah. So it sucks, but like, it's like a it's the gamble you take to try to get out. But for the most part, people are getting out. There might be like. Uh, you might have to spend the night if your flight's canceled to get a flight the next day or something. But people are getting out relatively fine. And the U.S. has a thing now where they've, until May 11th, as an American citizen, you can leave uh, China without having to get a 24-hour COVID test just to be able to, like, fast-track you. Um, Mm. So you can, technically, I can go to the airport now without having to get checked. Did you, did you get any help from the embassy at all? Like, is the embassy in touch with American citizens or no? They'll they'll send you things like, "Hey, this is a this is a tough time." But the last the, they did like a town hall on Zoom, and they said like, you know, we basically have no, uh, we have no say in what happens in mm-hmm. China. It's not our job. <laughs> like, we can't like change their laws and stuff. So, if you're here, we'll try to help you if we can. But you know, just follow the rules, basically. <laughs> <laughs> but they also Smart recommended rule. their own staff to to leave Shanghai. Is that correct? Yeah, there were like I guess it was mainly non-essential people that don't need mm. to be there just to get to get out. Um, and, you know, it makes sense because it's not like these offices are open and probably won't be open for months. So, uh, you know, what's the point of them sitting here? 
So my friend uh, with with the sealed gate, I just went back to her messages because that was late last night. And she was like, you know, I'm worried, blah, blah, blah. And then I'm like, what's going on exactly? She said, those are her exact words. They sealed some buildings, fixated the doors, and so they closed some neighborhoods with metal fence- fences. Do you yeah. know anything about that? Yeah, um, I assume she lives in Shuhei. Um, yes. If she, Shuhei is doing pretty pretty poorly. Um, like, Or in the sense that they have a ton of cases. Something like, mm-hmm. I think... By now, I don't know what the number is, but last time I checked, something like one in 70 people in the city have COVID. And then mm-hmm. uh, in certain areas, it's like one in 20. Um, the right. compound right next to me, like the old uh, the old lane houses, they there were so many people with COVID that they took out the people that were negative because <laughs> there were fewer people. Um, oh, man. Yeah, wow, that sucks. It's like you're at home, they're like, get out. You're like, but I've been a good boy. I don't have COVID. Like, no, that's why you got to go. It's like, what? Somebody call me now. Apparently, they get to go to a hotel and not a camp, which, uh, right. you know, but right. you're so still wait, wait, being taken away from the hotel, yourself. positive or negative? Uh, I'm assuming, I mean, the the positive people are going to camps or I mean, it started off with you go to the hospital, then those got full, and then they got to the hotels, then those got full, and then they built these like giant, uh, you know, beds everywhere all over across the city. So by this point, you're probably in a camp. But to answer your question about no, I'm the, curious. Uh, oh sorry, go on, go on, go on, yeah, continue on. To, to answer your question about the fences and stuff, um, they they started fencing people off and putting gates up. What they've they changed it a little bit. In that they've made it to where instead of putting just a, a bike lock around your door, they're putting this like fence around your door in certain areas. And other <laughs> places are still getting bike locked um, to, to make sure no one goes the out. Door. Someone's like slipping, what? the door is opening slightly and they're slipping through the gaps. They're like, put a fence on that. They can't get out of that one. Yeah, you'll basically be able to stand in like the, the one. <laughs> uh you know square meter that is open but like you know for yeah. fires and things like that uh which there was I mean, apparently yeah, a fire that's actually a, gr- a good question yeah a good point like what the- so because in that six minute videos voices of april or whatever so i think one of the things that was said is like if there is a fire we'll die basically which you just brought up like clearly there is no consideration for emergencies when you're fencing people in like prisoners well, I mean, a technically, video. doesn't that just reduce the COVID-related death rate? It's no longer COVID-related. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. Jesus. It's like that South Park episode. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like when they shot someone, they shot the black kid token. <laughs> it's yeah. like it was COVID-related because he protested the masks or whatever. It's yeah. so good. <laughs> anyway, uh, Jorge, keep going. You're saying that there was a video. Uh, there was a video, I guess. I, I don't know if this was super recent or not, but... Uh, it's hard to like fact check everything that gets sent around, but like there's a video of people, um, a building burning, and then there's these like gates in the community to like block people off, so like the fire trucks couldn't get in. So it was a bunch of people trying to tear down these gates to try to get the fire trucks into the community. Um, so oh my uh, god, yeah, regardless not, of where, if it was in Shanghai or not, that's horrible. Yeah, it's not a, it's not the best thought out. <laughs> so that's the best plan. So, so re- let me understand this. So right now, it, it, your 
in lockdown, you got the 14 day thing. Is there any rule like on the 13th or 12th day they announce that things are going to lo- open up, or do you wait till the 14th day until they physically remove barriers? You're like, oh, they're actually opening up our building now. Uh, yeah, but uh, you just kind of have to wait because the the reality is, if another case happens, then yeah, there's no like, oh, this will definitely be over in 14 days because we were supposed to be on lockdown for four days and. We're on day twenty-four of a four-day lockdown, so uh, <laughs> oh, there's man. they just keep you know pushing the the goalpost back a little bit because uh, there's no but then real these way are to all know. Self-administered tests, right? Where you do the not, test not, on your own. Well, we do, but then you have to upload it to the the system, and then like you do get regular testing, and you're supposed to if you have symptoms, um, you know, say something, and then they can test everyone so we're getting tested today again because of that guy who tested positive mm-hmm. um we'll have to go down to the community testing area but that brings me to the to, point is that I'm, I'm very curious like what's your motivation to be honest though it's like even in hong kong they try to do the mass testing until everyone voluntarily tests yourself for it and everyone's just like wait hold on a second so if i'm no, positive no, but wait nothing... vivek, vivek uh th- their rat tests are different from ours because jorge just to give you an idea we, the government sends us rat tests here uh, but yeah we we like as as vivek said like we voluntarily should tell them the truth but their uh, rat tests vivek uh, have a qr code on them they're unique oh. rat tests you cannot cheat it yeah the the oh, personal okay. test i guess you could cheat it but the problem is uh, uh i would imagine across the city there's thousands and thousands of people who have po- tested positive that haven't said that they're positive so i imagine that's happening a lot this guy was an older guy so it, there was a i guess a possibility that he might be unwell or or mm. or something so he may have actually been trying to seek help mm. um but uh, there's other stories going around that people will test positive say they're positive uh, test positive every day for like six days eventually mm. become negative and then once they're negative the because of the huge backlog by the cdc then they come right. get you and take you to the camp oh, and you're wow. like but i'm negative i'm negative now yeah so like, there is uh, that viral <laughs> call with i think the guy from germany who had oh, a yeah, similar man. situation yeah yeah it was like a 30 minute call and he was screaming at them trying to explain exactly what he said that was uh, wild because he, uh, that was so wild it was also quite funny obviously not for him but it was funny to you know see his reaction trying to like just use basic logic and reasoning with these people and he's they're, they're not getting anywhere and he's getting more and more frustrated yeah uh, <laughs> it's insane but okay so let's get to the camp you obviously if you do test positive through the government administered uh, test you're being sent to camp there is no question about it is that correct there is a way to fight it. It's not like uh, I've had friends that have fought it and successfully have not been sent. Um, but because of their, you know, they're having a hard time because their community is really mad at them for that. And, and so there's, mm-hmm. it's not super easy. It's, it's much more likely that you will be sent to a camp. Um, but there are technically ways to stay at home. But most people obviously are being sent off to, to these camps how do you fight it yeah i was just gonna say how do you fight it the chinese model of just scream until uh you get your way um just kind of <laughs> just get angry and angrier and angrier and there's a possibility being a foreigner helps in that sense in that 
it might be easier for you to stay at home if, as a foreigner because they don't want to deal with the with basically you causing a bunch of shit. Um, mm. There are a, a Chinese friend of mine has fought it, but it's been when I say fought it, I mean they're still fighting it. There's there it's not like I'll fight it and then it's over. It's a I'm constantly trying to make sure I don't get sent away. But most people, I would say like ninety percent, ninety five percent, are definitely being sent off. Okay, let's have that scenario. You're saying that you have a test today. Let's say that you test positive. What is your plan? What would I do? Uh, again, yeah. I'm I'm lucky in the sense that I have uh, people around me and people that work for me and people <laughs> work around me that could help me potentially fight it in a, a higher up level. Um, mm. But then that's calling in a bunch of favors and uh, and all that stuff. Uh, realistically, because I don't like confrontation that much, um, I would probably end up going. Uh, I would I wouldn't want to, but I would probably end up going uh, just to you know, just because what what else are you gonna do? But I would end up trying to fight it as much as I could, you know. But uh, right, all right, who knows? so. If you have to go, what are, like how many items are you allowed to take? Are you allowed to take a whole suitcase, or you just drag your person? Yeah, I think people, most people, bring a suitcase of stuff. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, that'll be a very cool unboxing video. All right, who's <laughs> bringing what to the camps? A buddy of mine brought a projector, uh, and he was watching uh, Whoa. sports and stuff on the ceilings. Oh man, if I had a projector, I'd project like the Batman logo on a wall and just see what happens. <laughs> of course you do that. Can you see? Obviously, we're only doing audio for the listeners, but Jorge, you can see Vivek's background, right? Yeah, I, I could see a lot That's of just yeah. like a, a small action sample. Figures. Yeah, yeah, exactly. you're only seeing the spawns and dooms. There's a whole layer of like jokers and everything. So yeah, definitely Batman to the rescue. And when Batman comes, I'm like, no, not you, Joker. <laughs> Vivek, sure the Vivek love loves that. to brag about. I was gonna say Vivek loves to brag about how much he doesn't get laid. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like all my funding doesn't go to drinks and food and dates because <laughs> little plastic toys that don't have any more expression than me. <laughs> Jorge, I, I'm kind of familiar with uh, Shanghai geography. Where are these camps? Everywhere. They're all over Everywhere. the city. Everywhere, okay. Yeah, because I think there's like 300 plus thousand people who are in them. So uh, they're everywhere. Well, I mean, that's okay. not too bad then. If it's like, let's say your next door neighbor, like the next door building is a camp, then you're kind of still close to home, you know? If there's anything, hey, throw me the bread. <laughs> Maybe you could throw we, the, we're yeah. the the school. There's two schools next to me on either side of my building, and they're both now quarantine camps. Wow! Damn. Talk about so, people actually, in the states doing stay in school. You're like, no, don't stay in school. Get out of here. <laughs> actually, we're kind of running out of time, but I still have a couple of important things I want to squeeze in. One is um, the barter system, because you know, as someone who lived in Shanghai for a long time. I kind of like the idea now that the neighbors started to give a shit about each other because, you know, I've lived there for many years. I lived in a bunch of compounds, different levels of like expat, not expat. And the neighbors in a way just kind of avoid each other. You know, everyone is kind of like, yeah. you know, even when you say hello in an elevator, it's just awkward. And, yeah. you know, having spoken to my friends now, they're like, oh, no, we know each other. Like my friend, the same girl, she was saying that, you know, she doesn't eat pork like me. So she's like, I send them my pork. They make me, you know, salads. And it's like, I'm like, this is kind of cool, right? <laughs> I, I mean, that, I wouldn't, 
Uh, I wish we would have met in other circumstances, but that has been one of the positives. I was just like, hey, yeah. my neighbors are all right. Like these are good people. Exactly. And there's a, a couple cool so young do you people. Think that, yeah. Do you think that's going to go on after or do you think people are just going to revert back to like ignoring each other? uh personally i'll try to be friendlier you've gone through something together and you've talked once you've opened that channel of communication and you know something about them then it's harder to be like screw you i'm never going to speak to you again (laughs) but i think as a whole one of the one of the saddest parts and most depressing parts of this whole thing is how the second this is over all those people that you thought were finally waking up are right immediately going to go back to toe in the line which is a real bummer yeah, that that was actually going to be my second point about how I think in my experience that the average uh, local person who usually used to be either passive or just like, you know, whatever uh, about about the, the policies and all of that are now for the first time, just like that video when they're like, no, something is terribly wrong here. But I also feel that as just like you said, the second everything is over, they're going to go back to not just towing the line, but just like ignoring whatever is happening. It's kind of like the the first it came. How how do you say it? first it came? The first came oh, to first this came for them, whatever. and then came. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was too late for me. Something like that, right? Yeah, something like that. I, I, yeah, I agree. Yeah, that first it came to them. Yeah. The only uh, wow, you guys are beautiful wordsmiths. <laughs> <laughs> them them yeah. got it first. I said no, no. Then happened me, and I was like, ah, damn. You just got to give Vivek a, a Joker quote, <laughs> yeah. and then he'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. Why so serious? The, yeah. They'll, uh, I think the only possible, I mean, the only possible upside to that whole thing is, uh, you, you, Muhammad, you know that the people in Shanghai think that they're special comparatively to mm. the oh, yeah. rest of the country. Uh, I think the only thing that's a gen, a pos- positive is that I think most people will remember in that uh they genuinely never believed this could happen to them. This was right. something that happens elsewhere in the country. So right, there is right. that possibility of, of people being like, uh, you know, there's a lot of educated people here, a lot of like high ranking people. I think they are for the first time in their life ever experiencing hardships. And that's mm-hmm. going to be hard to forget. But I think out loud, everyone's going to just be like back to, because they're very good at making things go away and making people think about other stuff. It's, you know, every government is very good at that, um, spinning things to forget about it and moving on to a different topic or whatever. And I think that's most likely what's going to happen. Oh, and you personally, how I know you're married to a Chinese citizen, and how likely are you to stick around when things eventually open? I know you have also a bunch of a couple of businesses, right? Yeah. Um, it's very awkward. I've already divorced her, but we're stuck in the house. Um, Are you no. actually? No. Oh. <laughs> Damn. Whoa. For a second, I was like, oh. Damn it. I'm like, I'm good. like, that's a great Patreon story. God damn yeah. it. Nah. Could, you, could you just like maybe consider that option for Patreon's sake? I'm going to divorce yeah. her after the, once, once. No, no. Can you divorce her? Wait, wait. Can you divorce her on the Patreon episode? Oh. You, you have both good. of you on. <laughs> honey we've been together for so long i have something i want to tell you <laughs> enough's enough i tested positive the, i'm out of here bitch <laughs> the likelihood is uh this is fast tracked me leaving but because we have uh, like you said i have businesses and stuff here it's it's not just a pick up and go so it's just gonna fast track trying to move elsewhere the problem is you know everyone who's like i'm getting out of here and i'm moving it's like 
that's romantic and cool, but you know, you do need a job and you do need a way to survive. So just being like, yeah. I'm moving. It's like, well, okay, mm-hmm. but to where and how are you going to afford to live? I, I guess mean, that's the thing, right? A lot of people who have moved, they kind of have to restart everything. When you get to a new place, you're like, oh, man, I'm flipping burgers. What the hell, man? Like, yeah, I don't mind a- getting locked up at home then. I've owned my own business for uh, for five years now and just just uh, going back to the States and being like, hi, I would like a job, please. They'd be like, what the, what the hell yeah. have you been doing for 10 years? <laughs> right. Yeah, you're like stuff. <laughs> Jorge, given what you were saying earlier about like that you have more access and connections to getting whatever you want, honestly, what is the most ridiculous item you are ordered for the last like couple of months or since the lockdown started? We've been pretty... We've been pretty... Uh, we haven't really ordered anything crazy. Um, I honestly, Papa John's probably because that was like a pain in the ass to get. <laughs> Papa John's sucks. Um, so like, yeah, uh, Papa John's in China that. is not great. Oh, it sucks. Doesn't and deliver like, within thirty minutes, right? <laughs> it was old and cold and gross, but like uh, <laughs> it was already gonna be gross. Like, but it, <laughs> just eating old shitty pizza and just be like, oh, cool. This is the same. Um, but uh, no, okay. we haven't really La- last ordered qu- anything. Last question before we wrap up here. It seems to me that from talking to people in Shanghai, it seems to me that the government has gotten themselves in kind of a pickle because there is really no way out of this now. People are now genuinely pissed off, you know, rightfully so. And it's getting longer and longer and the cases are rising or even like static right now, but still a number. But you also can't just like drop it because that also automatically means the West is right. And, you know, living with the virus, they have said from the beginning, it's not an option. What do you think as a Shanghai resident? What do you think the ways out of this? Um, there's a big meeting happening in a few months. And I, uh, the again, what, what do I know? The only thing I'm basing this off of is what other Chinese, uh, China um, authorities have said is that mm. people don't want to um, they don't they don't want to change things up before important things are happening um so it's easier to just stay the course because you know there's this huge chain of command and you don't want to be the one that changes things because if things the change is worse than what's going on now then you're in trouble and everyone's just trying to make it to this big meeting without having yeah. to get uh any blood on their hands even though there's plenty of blood but on the their big hands. meeting is in october yeah <laughs> so i That's think uh, unsustainable for shanghai isn't it yeah, but I think they'll have to eventually. Uh, they'll 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 open up in pockets. Uh, you know who knows, man. Uh, it, it's easy to like pretend like you know what they're gonna do, but who knows, dude? It could be. It could be. You're in your mind. You say, well, it won't be till October because why would you? That would be bad for the economy and bad for the city. But right. this is also bad for the economy and bad for the city. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> why you know who who there's really no good answer because who knows dude but like there is also like chatter on chinese social media i know it's heavily censored and all of that but like there must be some sort of talk between the average citizens about how you get out of this right or suggestions or like maybe someone had a tweet or like you know weibo or whatever and everyone's like oh that's a good idea was there anything of this nature no i think most people not that i'm aware of i'm sure there has been but uh, the majority of people just want no one's 
compare this to the first lockdown in Wuhan. And uh, during mm. that time, people were like genuinely scared about COVID. So they were mm. willing to do whatever because they're like, I don't know what this is. Is this going to kill me? What's going like? Whereas now, no one's afraid of COVID and everyone's afraid of the repercussions of getting COVID instead. So most people is just open up and let us let us live and then we'll mm. deal with COVID as it comes. But uh, I think that's the only that's the only logical, you know, do what the rest of the world does. But, uh, you know, you can't be like the rest of the world when you're trying to be special. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we'll we'll leave it there. Uh, you can't be like the rest of the world when you're trying to be special. It's a great way to end this. <laughs> That's a good uh, advertising actually, campaign. Yeah, I want to get... So on the Patreon, I think what we might do is to ask you about your day-to-day for the last like two weeks because you live with a wife. You can't really work from home almost at all and you have a fuck ton of time on your hands and I want to get to how you manage the relationship and how did you not murder each other yet and a bunch of other fun stuff but we'll leave that to the Patreon. Jorge, thank you so much for joining us from Shanghai, man. Uh, Thanks, guys. Nice to talk to people. (laughs) And uh, Patreon for people who are on the Patreon, thank you so much for all the support. We have 40 Patreon uh, supporters, uh, which is super cool. And we also have buymeacoffee.com. Uh, if you enjoy what we're doing, you can just go on buymeacoffee.com slash hohopod. You can buy me a coffee and buy Vivek a masala chai latte because I'm yeah. racist. <laughs> and uh, uh, we'll take that and we'll display on the next uh, uh, video episode we do. And catch us on the Patreon. Thanks, Jorge, for joining us from Shanghai. I'll see you guys soon. Bye.